Stream the show on demand at KetchikanRadio.com. Hey, 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 and welcome into First City Forum. I love that beat. We're over here jamming out in the booth today with Kim Divalbus. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I know I was saying Kim Stone like all week before, and then I realized this morning I was like, oh man, I'm, it's going to take me a minute to remember because it's hard when people get married and they change their names like you have those friends on facebook you're like who the heck who is, is that, that? <laughs> who is that person and you're like oh i know them they just got married and changed their name well thanks for coming in how Hello. are you doing today good how are you fantastic we also have raya rose in with us today mom is at an appointment so we got the the wee one here with us so hopefully she she's pretty chill right now she's good she's good <laughs> so we were just chatting before we started the show, you know, I was like, oh, we can talk about, you know, Music Fest, because you're doing some um, clinics for that, and we can talk about, you know, the uh, volunteer fire department, like what you guys are planning on for the, the season, and then you brought up that I didn't even realize this, because, and I, and I see, I thought I was up on my game, I'm like, <laughs> I listen to the radio, I follow alternative news sources, I do all the work, I did not know about the flight groundings from the... Uh, what'd you say ash plume yeah so there was a volcano in russia um that is kind of on the same latitude as us and okay. um it erupted on tuesday i think sent a bunch of ash into the atmosphere the and so the jet stream has just been bringing that slowly over so for the last couple of days flights have been kind of stop and go just because uh, volcanic ash is actually like super dangerous for aircraft so mm. the normal ash from like your fireplace or like a campfire it's very like fine mm-hmm. it's not really like dangerous but volcanic ash is really sharp and so it can actually oh, like cause jet engines to like shut down dang so they've been they've been playing it on the safe side and canceling a f- yeah, flights no here doubt. and there but yeah it's been a it's been a crazy couple days over there so be kind (laughs) yeah so for context uh kim is also a employee for alaska airlines and so you would be in the know on that don't call and ask her questions be nice to also customer service people like because you know you call and you get routed to seattle and they don't they're not going to know necessarily all the up-to-date on the ground catch a can centric what's going on here they're going to have to send an email and it takes some time but yeah it's not their fault. They didn't, uh, you know, plant and you know do anything in Russia to cause the <laughs> volcano to erupt. It's not out of anything other than I think just like you said, be cautious. Because yeah, that would be super crazy if you're like, oh, we can risk it, and then yeah, it's like it's not good. There's been planes like in history who have gotten caught in ash clouds, and yeah, it's not it's not a good thing for yeah. sure. So so I'm glad that they're playing it safe, but yes, yeah. it makes for some challenging situations when people are trying to get on vacation or to doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. So totally get. Or like we were saying before, people are not able to, people are are scheduled to come up here because the season is in six days. Like we are, we are in the home stretch here before the first boat is here. And yeah, people have employees coming up and they can't get here, right? Right. But hopefully it'll be done soon. The uh, National Weather Service Facebook page, the Juno one, they've been kind of keeping a good update on like where the ash is and Mm. how soon they expect it to dissipate, which has kind of changed a couple times. But they've been they've been doing a good job keeping the public updated as to what's going on. So, okay, Yeah. So if you want to stay up to date on that, I guess the uh, National Weather Service, a good place to start. They do a good they do a good job for the most part. I know sometimes I'll be checking my weather app. And I'm like, where is the (laughs) sensor for this? And some of those apps, it's on, you know, it's getting the information from the airport. 
right? Yeah. Because, like, that's a lot of the sensory array. But then sometimes I feel like some of those apps are getting it from Juno because I'm like, this is not anywhere, like, what... I look outside, it's snowing, and they're like, oh, it's, it's you know, 10 degrees warmer and raining. I'm like, mm, doubt. <laughs> Doubtful. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of cool. They have a satellite imagery up that you can look at, where they, oh. and they tell you, like, what color the ash is. Which it's is, not just gray, yeah, but... Yeah, right. And then um, the aviationweather.gov, they have um, mm. different warnings that they put out. One of them is called a SIGMET. And so a SIGMET is basically like, it means a significant meteorolo- meteorological hazard. And it's basically oh. something that shouldn't be fly- flown through. So there's air mm. mets, which are like, hey, be just be aware. Some things like turbulence, they'll put out mm. an air met for. Okay. Um, but SIGMETs, they usually try to avoid altogether. And if you pull up the map, it is just like very neatly hanging mm-hmm. out over southeast alaska right now gnarly gnarly so that kind of is a nice segue over to your other position which is with the ketchikan volunteer fire department yes. right which station are you state stationed out of? <laughs> so we don't really have stations that we're stationed out of oh, okay. um we so there's three fire departments on the island and we all kind of work together but um mm-hmm. the city fire department we mainly operate out of uh, station one which is the one downtown mm-hmm. and station two which is um right by like amp yeah kind by of, the landing uh, oh, okay yeah in between yeah. like soda works landing over there yeah so they have the career staff is a it's a staff of 18 and they work on three shifts they work two on Hmm. four off okay um and then we have probably about 12 12 or 13 volunteers right now and um so volunteers we just we uh have training every week so we go Hmm. to drill nights and um we also have uh we can respond to additional calls to kind of help out the career staff um, a lot of times, especially with the season coming up, a mm-hmm. lot of times we'll have, um, we have one am- ambulance staffed all the time, sometimes okay. two, depending on, depending on like cruise ships level and stuff like that. But, okay. um, if that first ambulance is out, a lot of times if there's another, another incident or another call, they have mm. to bring in more people and that's kind of where the volunteers come in or off duty career staff okay. will, will help out. So we're not really, um, stationed anywhere. Even the career staff, they go back and forth between stations. Oh, interesting. Um, the fire engine lives downtown <laughs> our sorry mainline fire response rig um is at station one we have we have response rigs at both stations mm-hmm. for both fire and ems but the mm-hmm. one that's staffed all the time is downtown and then our ambulance is primarily at station two interesting yeah so that's kind of and it's at station two it's a little bit closer to the hospital a little bit closer to the airport because we oh okay yeah that makes sense um but that's kind of how we operate it's it's fun. We're, we're always accepting new volunteers. So if it's something you're interested in, stop yeah. by the fire department, pick up an application. We have a lot of fun. And Join the team. Yes. <laughs> How long have you been doing that for? Um, Since 2015. So coming up on eight years, oh, I've wow. been a volunteer for the fire department. So that means it's, it's got to be something that you enjoy and is worthwhile and rewarding, like yes. that you would do it for that long. Yeah, it's definitely rewarding. It's challenging. Like I, mm. I had no desire to do anything in that field until Mm. I so I started working at Alaska Airlines and I was like Mm -hmm. oh I can do hard things (laughs) 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 and um I had a lot of friends and they're like hey there's a firefighter class and I'm like I didn't even know if it was something I would be interested in but I was like I'm just gonna go take this class and see if I like it and I like I loved it Mm. I had no idea how much I would love pulling hose around and Mm. getting to like cut into cars (laughs) like it's all (laughs) it's all uh it's all really, really fun, and um, it's also really challenging because obviously you're always there on someone's worst day. Right. 
Um, but in that sense, it's very rewarding too mm-hmm. to um, kind of walk people through some of the most challenging mm-hmm. times in their lives. So um, I really enjoy it. It's something I've I've loved since the minute I started. Eventually, mm-hmm. I got my um, EMT as well. So oh wow, okay. So I have both those certifications, and a lot of the volunteers have both um, fire and EMT, or you can do one or the other. So if you're mm-hmm. not into fire, you can do EMS. If you're not into EMS, you can do fire. Um, it, it's okay. pretty cool, but yeah, it's something I enjoy. We all kind of become a little family, family. and yeah. <laughs> we do events together and yeah. yeah, it's definitely a play the, uh, <laughs> the police in softball. No. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, but I think, you know, it's one of those things too, like you said, you're seeing people on their worst day, but then you get to, you know, you get to be there for them. And I'm sure that's something that with your other like backgrounds you, you talked about, like you like to be like empathetic to people and kind of help them. So I'm sure that goes hand in hand. And it also sounds like, you know, if for some reason you're like, oh man, I, you know, you start as a volunteer, but you really love it. I mean, those are super transferable skills. Like you could be an EMT or a fire, or, you know, technician or what do you call what, what a <laughs> fire person? What do we say now? Um, it's firefighter. Just, Just fire, fire yeah. firefighter. Yeah. So there's two, there's basically a firefighter one and a firefighter two certification. And like, once you have firefighter one, they just say like, Hey, you're a firefighter. Like you're just a firefighter. That's the, mm-hmm. that's the title okay. <laughs> as you would say. But, um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's just fun. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, to, yeah, to apply, like literally you just have to stop by the fire station mm-hmm. if it's something you're interested in. And, um, we're probably going to have positions open in the next few years. And one of the, one good way to get your foot in the door, if like fire or EMS is something you're interested in at all is mm-hmm. to apply to be a volunteer because you can start building those skills. And then when the positions open, you have the skills ready to go. It makes you really marketable. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not starting from the ground up to build your certifications. Yeah, that's really smart. Well, and, and like as a transferable skill, you you never know where you're going to be in, you know, three years, five years, ten years, whatever. Like, you, everywhere needs an EMT. Everywhere needs firefighters, you know, especially if yes. you go to a bigger place. So, and then how do you work? How does that work? You know, you said for the city, right? Yeah. How is that in conjunction, like, with the borough, with the forestry service? Like, is that something where it's collaborative? Do yeah. You have so have jurisdictions, we... like police? <laughs> like, like no, nah, that's our fire. Like, get out of here. <laughs> no, no, no. So, well, it's, uh, so we have South Tongas Fire Department, and they cover from, um, they cover uh, from just before Forest Park South. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then... Um, North Tongas Fire Department, they cover from just before Word Cove North. Mm-hmm. And um, so South Tongas Fire Department and North Tongas Fire Department, they do have like a small career staff. So they'll have um, like a chief and a lieutenant mm-hmm. and maybe one or two um, responders, especially North Tongas, because now they have the cruise ships out at Word Cove. Yes. So there's more, um, more demand, more need so, up there a little bit. Yeah. So generally we all handle our, um, our own medical calls first. Um, but say that we have a lot of medical calls running or like South Tongas has a lot of medical calls running. We can actually like, um, we call it tone out. We can have, mm. we can ask another agency to come help us okay. or vice versa. Mm. And then, um, for fires, it's basically all hands on deck. So they'll do what's called a general alarm. And that's just like, Hey, everyone, mm. everyone from any department come help us on fires, but it makes it so that we have a lot of staffing on fires and, um, mm-hmm. takes the workload. It's really Firefighting is really challenging um, mm-hmm. after you've 
gone through an air bottle, you're supposed to do what's called rehab, which is basically where they go check your vitals, make sure that mm. you haven't inhaled a bunch of smoke, smoke all those things. Sure, yeah. And so it's really important to have manpower waiting because obviously with our just our career staff in town, there's anywhere from four to six people on at a time. Mm-hmm. Just with that amount of people, we're not going to be able to handle a full-scale fire fire scene. So that's where our volunteers, our off-duty staff, mm-hmm. and the other departments come in. That makes sense. Yeah, I know my cousin is a, uh, well, he just got, he just made chief in Ventura County. That's fire. awesome. Yeah, and they do a lot of, like, large-scale like, forest fires. Oh, man, yeah. And those, I mean, I mean, you've seen pictures or videos, I'm sure, but, like, when you hear some of those stories that he'll tell, it's gnarly. It is, I mean, yeah. it's intense. You're out there. It's, like, literally fighting. Like, like yeah. digging trenches. It's, like, World War One, <laughs> with but with fire. With fire, <laughs> yeah. and it's like a hundred degrees. I'm sure. Yeah. Or it's a hundred degrees before the fire. Yeah, exactly. Like, just it's a hundred degrees out, and then they're in this fire. And we we're um, Grace and I, my wife and I, were looking at talking about this fire that happened in Northern California, uh, where sometimes what will happen is the air will start to swirl and will literally create like a tornado like of fire, a fire tornado. <laughs> and ha- I don't know if you've have seen videos of that. It's, it's crazy crazy and i can't even imagine just like being in that i remember being a kid and watching them like scoop water out of the reservoir to go like fly over that's cool fires and then there was one time there was a fire near my parents house while i was staying there and there were helicopters and planes were like flying over the house to dump water on it and you're like whoa whoa it's not like so we don't do any of that here Luckily, it's actually, Luckily. We, we have had a couple, so, so real dry spells in the summer. So for the most part, Catch we, a can dry, yeah, right? so for the most part, we don't have to have to deal with um, wildland firefighting, but there mm-hmm. is, I would say probably once every couple of years, if we get a couple of week long stretch of dryness, mm-hmm. someone will like toss a cigarette or mm-hmm. forget to put out a campfire mm-hmm. and we'll end up with a very like small scale um, wildland fire. It's actually, if you hike the uh, trail to Coast Guard Beach. Oh, yeah. If you hike the trail out there, you can actually see the remnants of, like, a really old mm-hmm. wildland fire that happened out there. Um, it's, like, a long, probably, like, t- 15, 20 years ago. But oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you know, they have the little thing at the uh, North Tonga station that has, the, you know, the the fire threat level. And it's a little, the little wheel, like, yeah. green <laughs> one. In California, where I'm from, it's almost always, always. dry, like, high yeah. or extreme. It's never, I've never seen it in the green in yeah, my entire life. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. So yeah, go apply if you, if you have any interest at all, or if you just want to kind of give back to the community, it's a good way to start. Yeah. Like you said. So another way, um, that you have been giving back to the community is you got drafted to help (laughs) out with music fest this weekend, I heard. Yes. I'm doing a clinic on Saturday. I'm pretty excited about it. So, so so music fest is this whole weekend and now you're an alumni of music fest, right? Like you did music fest when you were in high school. Oh yeah. What instrument, what's your, what was your instrument? So I play the trumpet Mm. and I sing and, um, I play the French horn now, but I mainly like in high school, I mainly did trumpet. I did French horn for like a year, but then when I came back and I, I got my music degree Mm. and I, um, have kind of since then I dabble in music. Like I get Mm. to help out with things. Obviously I use my degree when I'm teaching tap, but Mm -hmm. I've kind of just been getting into this mode where I'm like trying to get back into purely music for fun. 
Okay. Yeah. Just like it, and not just work. Yeah. Well, it's not so much work as like when you when you major in music and you go through college. It, mm. Obviously, it's a blast. It's so much fun. But it is mm-hmm. it is competitive. You're always yes. like, it's not like you're improving yourself out of just a you want to have fun and improve yourself. It's like you have to improve yourself because you have to pass this jury that's coming next week, right? Mm. So high stakes. A, yeah. So there's pressure. a lot of there's a lot of pressure, and mm. I enjoyed it, but there definitely comes a time when you're like all right I need to step back and like come back at this for fun so mm-hmm. so now in community band I play the French horn just because it's a fun and it's a little bit of a challenge for me like there okay. gets there gets a point too where you're you know you've mastered so much and you're you're always looking for the next challenge mm-hmm. and um kind of stepping away and coming back mm. I don't know I like renewed the challenge and kind of made it fun again so so I've been yeah. doing that but. that's nice that's awesome like so so you we're just walking down the street and Trina was like, Hey, will you do a jury? Like, how did you, how did did you get? So I actually did a, I did a clinic for middle school and music day. So, um, I, for middle school music day, most years I'll do a movement clinic, um, Mm, that to uh kind of, that kind of ties in both all of my experience. Right. Um, I'll do a lot with like the brain dance cause, Mm -hmm. um, that's really useful, especially for middle schoolers whose brains are just like, out of out of wax and not developed yet yeah so <laughs> um the brain dance is is was developed by Anne green gilbert out of corners college and mm-hmm. she did a um basically a series of movements that uh echoes a baby's development and it kind of like right. takes all of your developmental milestones and puts them into like a movement pattern mm. and it's supposed to help you just like focus and like bring everything in so i kind of like I was, I did a clinic to help middle schoolers like take those patterns, which mm-hmm. I mean, when you do it in like a creative movement class, it's the silly, silly little rhymes, like hickory, right. hickory doc, but, <laughs> but I'm like, try to turn it into, into a format for them that they could just like do quickly before a test or something. Oh, interesting. So that's the clinic I do for middle school music day most years. Hmm. And, um, I was actually in Trina's classroom and she's like, Hey, music fest is coming up. Um, would you be interested in doing a clinic? And, uh, I love doing clinics. It's really fun to just come in, get to mm-hmm. meet some new kids, like learn things about them, like have them learn some stuff from me. I just, it's something I really enjoy. So now in this context, cause like I hear the word clinic and I immediately think doctor, like, <laughs> right. you know, and it, that's not, you're not, you're not treating people for musicitis or something like that. Like what is, so what does clinic mean in this context? Yeah. So, um, a clinic is basically just a quick, um, anywhere from half an hour to an hour session um, mm. on a different topic that like kids can go in. And they also have them at professional conferences too, mm-hmm. um, where you can go and the basically it's one hour covering this topic. So like the one I'm doing on Saturday, um, I'm focusing on like uh, vocal production and also like stage fright, like how oh. to combat performance anxiety because that's nice. something I. Like I used to go on stage for choir and like my, my <laughs> hands like would clenching t- her fists over here, <laughs> like re- reliving. My hands would turn white. Oh no. Like the, like Raynaud's phenomenon. Cause I would be so nervous. Crazy. And so I like, that was one of the things I had to do through college was like learn all these performance anxiety mm-hmm. tips. And so, um, that's something that that's part, part of what my clinic's going to be about on Saturday. Now, did you, so, because you're also a KTB alumni. Yes. And so you went through, all the way through, like, senior company and danced in, like, lead roles in the Nutcracker and stuff like that. Did you not have performance anxiety with that? I, no, never. Whoa. (laughs) Never. I think there was one, there was one performance I had performance anxiety for, and it was Nutcracker my senior year. 
Mm-hmm. And I was Which like, is stressful. well, and I was the Dawn Fairy and I was like doing berets on this like tiny little platform, like oh, five feet in the air. So I like, I think that was the only thing I was ever nervous for dancing. Interesting. And I don't know, I don't know why it's different. I think maybe because like I started performing dance at like three years old. So it's just mm, always been like a, ingrained yeah, kind of, it's yeah. Been just always been something I did. So it was never something I was like really nervous about, but I think, mm-hmm. um, I know. And I even like playing my instrument I never got that nervous I think singing is just something that's like so like so personal and so vulnerable Mm. like you can't change your voice right like you can work on you can work on sound production you can work on like tuning there's all these things that you can work on Uh but But like fundamentally your voice voice is your voice and if people don't like Mm. your voice like so it it took me a long time to get over that just for singing like Mm -hmm. I just remember, like, even choir concerts, I would just be so nervous <laughs> to sing. I don't know why. Inc- I just like sharing really something so vulnerable. Yeah. And then, like, I got to the point by my senior year of college where, like, I could sing in front of anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody could be like, hey, sing this. And I'd be like, yeah, I got it. And no problem. Like, no no fast heart rate. <laughs> no no weird things happening with my hands. But, but, yeah, for a long time, it, like, to get – it took me a lot to get past that, like mm-hmm. – that fear of just like, like this sticking, is my yeah. this is my voice this is something that's so personal and mm-hmm. like so like core to me mm-hmm. and um be able to share that without feeling scared mm-hmm. so and then just having that confidence to do that too yeah. i mean what an important life skill that you get to now share with these these high schoolers of like hey and that's a great story too of even like overcoming that adversity of saying like hey I have this almost like debilitating yeah like feeling where i'm not even able to go out and you're a performer yeah <laughs> you know like i can't even imagine somebody who doesn't perform or hasn't grown up doing something in a in a performance capacity if they have that same stage fright like i know i've seen people just giving um like a presentation and when they're done talking they're literally shaking yeah. from the adrenaline i'm like well somebody go like hold that like touch them like breathe breathe right. you know well it's really interesting too because like i have obviously like i have high school kids in my tap classes mm-hmm. and they'll be like i have to do a speech next week and you're like i'm like you're gonna be fine like you dance in front of people and they're like no this no. is different this is mm-hmm. different so it's 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 interesting because i know a lot of dancers who are like that who like have Absolutely. no problem dancing in front of hundreds of people Absolutely. but like the minute they have to talk are like don't mm-hmm. i don't want to do it <laughs> Yeah, I know that's definitely super true where you just, you get those dancers that are just, if you put a microphone in their hand, they just clam up. They have no idea what to do, which I can empathize with because for whatever reason, like if I go out to do curtain speech before a show, no problem at all. But the first time I was in like a play and I had lines, (laughs) I was like, you want me to, to, to be on stage and talk? Like... This isn't a talking place. This is a moving <laughs> place. A moving I don't know place. what you're. What, I don't know what you're saying. That was in, uh, in not in Pippin, but in the other one in Cabaret, oh, which right. we were in yes, together. We were in together. And uh, that was, I had only been here, like a month, I think, two months or something like that. Uh, July, August, September, October. Yeah, yeah, like a couple months. And yeah, there. Elizabeth was like, "Oh, you're good. You can be in this part, and you can. Uh, you're gonna dance in this this section." And I was like, "Okay, I haven't rehearsed that yet." And she's like, "Oh, and also you're gonna say this line." I was like, oh, excuse me? <laughs> excuse me? You want me to do what? I, I talk on the <laughs> stage. No, yeah, it's very, yeah, so it's very different. Yeah, um, I remember, like, doing cabaret. It's like, all right, you're primarily going to be dancing. Like, you're going to be singing, too. And then, like, we get to the rehearsals, and it's like, all right, everyone's going to be mic'd. And I was like, 
okay, I got this. <laughs> like, it took me a second <laughs> to, like, get in that headspace because, yeah, it's like, all right, I have, now I have to sing and dance at the same time mm. and make sure it doesn't sound like crap. <laughs> yeah, having the mic, if you haven't if you haven't been in a First City Players or if you haven't been in a production where you're mic'd, it completely changes everything because you don't, you don't rehearse with it. You re- you're in a small, you know, space, and then everyone can hear you just fine and then you go to the theater and they're like oh by the way now your voice is projected through the speakers <laughs> and you can hear it coming back at you oh that is the trippiest <laughs> thing too especially if there's like a, just a, any delay at all if you get if you catch yourself listening to yourself yeah like for instance i'm wearing headphones right now so i can hear but kim's like i don't want to hear my voice yeah no thank <laughs> you hear, no thank you <laughs> but it's also you know it's, i think it's interesting you're saying that because there's that self-confidence thing of like your voice is great right you would be fine to hear it but there's that that piece of like no i don't want to hear my own voice but i don't like the sound of my own voice either yeah it's like when you when your voice is played back i think they've actually done studies on this about how the way your voice reverberates in your own head in your head yeah yeah when your voice is played back to you it's actually like a couple tones higher than it Mm -hmm. is in your head and it's like it makes your it's a totally different timbre which is why people are like oh that's what i sound like that's just because you get so used to the way you hear your voice in your head and then when it's played back to you it's like that's what other people hear mm-hmm. really you ever do the thing where you put your your hands by the side of your head <laughs> and talk like in front of your ears so that you can hear what you sound like more more what you sound like because it's not it's not like yeah reverberating back it's fascinating so we kind of like circled around it but one of the main things that you do, the reason why like we know each other is because you are an instructor at Ketchikan Theater Ballet. Yes. And you had mentioned earlier that your you use your degree when you're teaching tap. How do you use music degree in dance class? Yeah, so a lot of it, I mean, obviously with tap, it's a lot of like rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, so... It's, it's nice. I have a lot of students, actually, who are also musical. So sometimes if we're having mm-hmm. trouble with a rhythm, I can actually, like, write out the rhythm in music notation. Oh, interesting. And that, like, for some kids, that's like, oh, I Just totally clicks. get it now. Like, I have some percussionists, even, who are like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they're visual learners, especially. They're like, I can't hear that and repeat it. But if I can write it down, they're like, oh, I got that. Because so then I can read it and see it and yes. input it. But also, like, so I did a lot... When I was in college, my focus was actually uh, secondary choral music. Mm. But you, um, when you get a music education degree, you have to pick like a concentration, but you get certified so that you can teach everything. So by the time I was done, I was certified to teach elementary. I could have taught elementary music, Mm. could have taught high school choir, could have taught high school band. Um, There's a lot of ways that your certification can be like kind of meshed so you have to do everything like if you're in in voice like if your concentration is voice Mm. or choir you still have to do like an two instrument labs so Mm. you still have to learn some different instruments and same with the band majors they had to do voice lab which was always really fun (laughs) for them (laughs) um so that's kind of how um you like we get certified and everything but the elementary portion so a lot of the um, activities you do to kind of get kids into music and get kids to, um, like, recognize music early on mm. uh, mm-hmm. is very, very similar to dance. Mm. Because especially with those, like, really, really young kids, 
fundamentally, if you can't feel a rhythm or if mm. you can't feel music, yeah. dance is going to be very, very challenging to you. So absolutely. Um, so in a lot of t- in our younger classes, we focus a lot on like that musicality and like learning how to use your body. And with mm-hmm. music, the focus is music, but we use the mechanics of using their bodies to help understand the music. So it's kind of like it's very intertwined. So like mm. when I was teaching the um I was teaching the littles classes when I first started at KTB, I used a lot of those activities I learned in college that helped mm-hmm. kids kind of like a div- like one of the big goals in music class in elementary school is to help kids start learning their fine and major motor skills. So oh. and that's just be that's one of the benefits of music th- all all the way around. Right. Um and also the uh, the sorry <laughs> yeah we're kind of like diving around but yeah that's you know you're talking about like the fine and you know fine and major motor skills with music and then also with dance like yeah. those are definitely you know huge milestones you even see um, you know like you'll see if you ask someone to do something with their foot and their hand will do try to mimic it to make it work we call that like, that's an unintegrated movement pattern. Yeah. And you see it sometimes even with adults, where they're they're they have this n- there's this this movement pattern or this f- you know fine motor skill that has never been integrated in their central nervous system, and so like the the more that a child crawls, the more that they do things like the brain mm-hmm. dance, the more that they do things like with music, the more neuro pathways are connected, the more integrated their movement patterns get, and then it actually translates all the way to. Um, I would say mostly like later life they've been doing a lot of studies on people with like dementia and alzheimer's that the more they have relation with dance and music the less likely you are to develop those things and they can actually if you're a person who has a propensity for that can actually can't reverse it necessarily but it can yeah hold it off and keep it at bay it's pretty pretty remarkable yeah so one of the things that um we talked about when i was in college like doing specifically working in like an elementary classroom Mm -hmm. um and this was 10 years ago 10 or 11 Uh years ago at this point um they were talking about how like music and dance education is at a young age is starting to become so important because with electronics Mm -hmm. and like how much kids have access to electronics yeah um so the the way kids are quote-unquote supposed to Mm-hmm. learn their motor skills as you're supposed they're kind of supposed to get their major motor skills first and then mm-hmm. move into their fine motor skills like mm-hmm. that's kind of the n- natural way things have developed the progression right but with more and more technology available um one of the things they were talking about is how kids at a very young ages are learning their fine motor skills first and sometimes when that happens they have challenges with their major motor skills so like we talked a lot about uh making sure kids were crossing their midline. Mm -hmm. So like in our music classes, it was like, all right, what activities can we do to help kids cross their midline? Because that is a developmental delay that they're seeing in a lot of kids with the advent of technology. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I don't know what it is now. I'm like, it could be worse. It could be better, but, Mm -hmm. but yeah, that was, that was probably 10 or 11 years ago, but that's, they're saying like, it's so important because you know, kids don't, you're not, we live in a different world, right? I'm not not just going to go let my four year old, play outside by themselves mm-hmm. right you you got to keep such a close eye on your kids these days it feels like it feels like right yeah so it's the, they're talking about how with those things like dance and music education mm-hmm. like the things that get kids engaged in their like developmental activities are so 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 important 
um, to their lives later on. Yeah, no, definitely. And you also see the success rate in school and the success rate in life of people that have arts integrated into their lifestyle is so much higher than people that don't, whether it's drama, music, dance, like it doesn't matter which thing it is. There's something about the, in my opinion, there's something about the discipline factor music you have to practice yeah to get better dance you have to show up and you have to you have to do your best drama like you have to memorize your lines like there's that like that feeling of like oh i want i want to show up and i want to do good but i also have the discipline to do it yes over time there's something about that that like really transfers to school and life after and i mean that's one of my favorite things about being a teacher is seeing that transfer like when we see you know, a senior like Kelsey O'Brien, who's been this, like you, like started at like three yeah. years old and now she's like full ride scholarship to college. Yeah. And it's like, maybe she would have been that successful without KTP, but likely, I mean, likely maybe not. You know what I mean? Like there are a lot of people that go through K high that that's not, that's not their outcome. Right. And that's what I love about what we do, like being able to be part of organizations and, and things that do give that to people and like making that accessible to people in the community is really important oh yeah for sure and that's that's one of the things i love about tap too is i i get a lot of kids through my door in tap class that are like i've never taken a ballet class but mm-hmm. i really want to try tap and i love that because i ha- now i have um i have one class in particular that i have a ton of kids that they're not in another discipline they don't have time for a lot of stuff yeah. But they they show up every week because they're like, I love to tap dance. And, mm-hmm. like, this is something that I can learn. Because the, the cool thing about tap, I think, is that it's very accessible. I was li- like, literally yeah. just going to say that. It's very accessible. It's, like, something that you could come in and learn. Like, obviously, you teach adult tap. Like, it's something you mm-hmm. can learn at any age. At any age. Absolutely. And, like, yeah, yeah, it might be a little bit more challenging if you didn't start when you were seven. But... It's, it's like with anything. Yeah, it's with it's the same as with anything, but it's one of those things it's like if you can come in and like stomp your feet to a rhythm, like mm-hmm. you can learn how to tap. Yeah, and I think like you said, it, the accessibility factor too is that with ballet it's so subjective. Like the degree of your arm to your body and it's so like abstract and finite or whatever tap is like did you make the sound (laughs) (laughs) with the right part of your foot you know what i mean and you so when you're practicing at home you don't have to worry about like oh what do i look like it really is actually you're supposed to explore you're supposed to find for sure your own style of of aesthetic right right so like with with ballet it's very codified right like Mm -hmm. um there's lots of different styles but like a plie is fundamentally a plie right Right, absolutely and in tap i mean and in some cases it's a challenge but (laughs) tap is such a like an unwritten like oral tradition oral tradition Mm -hmm. that um we have these names for things but things will have colloquial names or like i'll call something a pullback then another teacher calls a pickup Right. But I have a different thing that I call a pickup. Pick up. Yes. <laughs> but the cool thing about it is, like, I'll have kids come up to me, and they'll do, like, some crazy thing with Cra- their feet yeah, that absolutely. I've never seen. And they'll be like, is this a step? And I'll be like, well, it is now. <laughs> like, yeah, because, name it, kid. Because you just, you have so much freedom. <laughs> like, oh, I can make this sound with my feet. Like, there's a mm-hmm. turn I do in a lot of my choreography that's just, like, it's like a heel drag thing, but it's slightly different than anything that I've, like, seen. Interesting. Seen, like called something and so i'm just like hey we're gonna do this turn that i probably didn't make up but it doesn't have a name so but you know the one i'm talking about (laughs) Uh uh-huh it's like the kim special yeah but i should just call it that (laughs) 
the the divalbus turn. The divalbus turn. Yeah, that's fun. So you know, you were talking about the codification and like how people like the oral tradition and then so recently you got to do something super fun which was to take class tap class in new york city tell us a little bit about that like because you took tap here for years and then so and you also took tap when you were what is like a senior or junior in high school yeah so like kind of now that you had those two perspectives like what was that like um, it was awesome. So I, yeah, I took, I took tap here and what I think like it's been a help to my teaching is when I was growing up, um, I probably had like eight or nine different tap teachers at KTV. Oh, wow. Yeah. I was like the one position that like, people, yeah, door. well, people would come in for a year and, uh-huh. um, or like people would come back and teach mm. while they were like in between other things. Yeah. So like I had Molly Berenson, she's Molly, she's, her last name's different now. <laughs> um, and Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth Avalo was mm-hmm. one of my teachers and, um, and then I had some, like, we had some different teachers that came in for a year, like mm. uh, Carol Schaefer taught right. for a couple years in between teachers. So I had a lot of different, um, kind of different things to pull from. Like mm. I had some teachers that were very musical theater focused and mm. some teachers that are very street tap focused, which I, I can speak to that in a minute. But, yes. <laughs> but, um, street tap. So I got, like, I got a lot of different focus and I, and I did get to take class in New York, but as I, when I came back to teach, it was definitely, all right, like here I'm pulling from those things and like mm-hmm. I, I do my best to like take classes online mm-hmm. or like when we have teachers come in, like I'll talk to them. If like, if they're tap, I'll like talk with them and I've been able to like bounce ideas around a lot of people, but to like go actually like be a student in my, in a class when I went to New As York, teacher, yeah, yeah. When I went to New York with the company girls, that was probably like the first time in probably six or seven years that I've gotten to actually like stand in a tap class with other people in person as a student yeah as a student and Uh it was really cool it was it was very like renewing Mm. in a sense just because i like yeah i just was reminded of all not things that i was missing but like some things i could add to my classes to make them better and then also it's very validating because you go Mm -hmm. in there and you're like okay i do know what i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) i think so the the way the levels kind of work in new york is um, you have beginner classes, which are like when they say beginner classes, they mean like you've been dancing for five years. Right. right? <laughs> and That's then, not like absolute beginner, yeah. no experience. And like, then, like you're at the bottom of the of the totem pole. It's already been started. Yeah. And then like advanced beginner classes, they're like, OK, you've been dancing for like five to eight years. Mm-hmm. And then intermediate classes, it's like 10 plus years. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I went and I took this like the very first class I took was an advanced beginner class. Mm-hmm. And I was like. I don't know if I'm going to be in and over my head here. Like I just haven't taken class in a while. We'll see what's right. going on. I had a blast. It was so much fun. I was like, on, I felt like I was on top of everything. And nice. I got to talk to the teacher afterwards and she was like, you're so good. Where are you from? And I was like, this island in Alaska. <laughs> and she's like, we had someone from Alaska through here last week. And so it was oh, kind of, cool. it's kind of cool. Cause you, you get to meet people from all over the place yeah. too. But, um, that like gave me the confidence to then go take an intermediate class. And, like, uh-huh. So it was, it was a lot of fun to just get to, to be a student again. Mm-hmm. I, it's mm-hmm. very hard when you're teaching, I think any teacher in any subject, it gets hard when you're teaching without renewing your love of learning as a student. Mm-hmm. Well, and two, you for, like you said, you forget, you forget stuff. Yeah. And also it's so nice to turn that teacher part of your brain off yes for a minute it's so nice uh i mean that's why things like doing first city players or like taking adult class at ktb are so good for everyone because 
or like creating a piece of work artwork for you know like the one of the gallery openings or something like that because you get to just tap out yeah of what you normally do and tap into this other part of you and shut off that part where like you have responsibility exactly. for what happens like you you only have responsibility for yourself in this moment and you don't have any like outside things and you can really just just be there in that moment and, and explore and play you know if it's a you know if you're doing a play like you can play and you get to be this other character if you're doing dance you get to just listen to the music and move and be influenced by that if you're creating art you get to kind of go into that that flow zone and just do whatever you're doing and i mean it's so like you said it, we, we talked about it earlier about how it's important for kids and their development but as adults it's like you're still developing even though your brain might be developed maybe some of us <coughs> not <laughs> not pointing any fingers but that's not the point it's like you are still a developing entity yeah. right like you don't just it's not like oh i turned 18 or 21 or whatever and now i'm done right like you you have your whole life and it's beneficial well it's interesting too like because taking classes will actually like trigger my muscle memory for certain things too oh, that like i haven't been able to like there's this one step that i like i learned when i was in high school but like mm. i hadn't been able to recreate it for some reason okay. like i'd done tutorials online and for like i just couldn't wrap my head uh -huh. around it and I go take this class, and he's like, we're going to do this. And he taught it in a way that, like, my muscle memory, like, instantly, like, picked it back up. Crazy. And I was like, I can teach my kids this now. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's what's really fun. My favorite thing about that New York trip that the KTV senior company does biannually is they get to go and experience that, but then staff members get to go and have this rejuvenating experience to bring things back to the community. And I was talking to Dave Kiefer a while back and he was talking about like that's his message for everyone that's in high school is like leave like yeah go out go travel right and that doesn't mean like get out we don't want you it means like we we gain so much as, as a as a community by having the influence of other places yes. not to change and become something new but for for like you said whether it's remembering something or the muscle memory or just being like oh you want to know what we could do our version of x y or z yeah. like that makes us so much stronger as a community and you know not to tie that back into but like that's one of the cool things about the the cruise ship season is we get these people from all over the world they come in you get to have this conversation with someone from australia or wherever right. or germany and then they leave and you can be like okay i can like have this uplifting moment and I get to share that now like with my family and yeah. peers and friends and whatever. Well and it was it was honestly it was the coolest thing to watch to watch because I got to watch a lot of the girls in their mm, classes yeah. and just to like watch them open up and like be so open to doing things differently and like things that they're not used to. Like they mm -hmm. just like a hundred percent jumped in. They were awesome. It's it's really fun too to just like watch them travel, right? Because they like we have some Whenever you travel with a group yeah. of kids, you always have kids who are, like, really well-traveled and they uh -huh. know exactly what they're doing. And then you have kids that are like, I, like, don't, I don't know, yeah, yeah, don't know, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> I've never I've never experienced anything like this That's before. Funny. And it's so rewarding because, like, by the end of the week, like, everyone is at that, like, mm. I totally know what I'm doing. Like, I've got this level. Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it's fun. It's really cool to watch them to grow as dancers obviously but to mm -hmm. like to then see them go through this experience and like gain some street smarts mm. and gain some travel experience and like like they're like different humans by the end of the week like right. those i feel like those trips out of southeast alaska are just so important for mm -hmm. for that kind of development because sometimes kids go off at 18 and it's like i 
have you ever spent any time in a big city by yourself? (laughs) Yeah. Right? So that's their first experience really Mm -hmm. with being in a city like without their parents and that can be really stressful. So it's it's very cool to see them kind of like grow and change. And then like when opportunities come along, they're maybe not as scared to take them because Mm -hmm. they've had this experience. And it sounds like you're speaking from experience a little bit too. (laughs) Like that was something that's was is a like a full circle moment for you right of being being someone who went on that trip yeah and then is now chaperoning that trip and you get to see it from both sides um circling back a little bit so you had talked about like the accessibility of tap and i just wanted to point that out and i know you'll you'll echo this too like people you can join dance at any point yes you don't have to start when you're three you don't have to start when you're seven if you are in middle school or if you have a middle schooler or even a high schooler for that matter, like we will figure out a way for you to be part of the organization because we want everyone that wants to dance to have a place to dance. Like don't think that for a second you can't go join your tap three class yeah, or whichever class and be just because you haven't been tapping like we can catch you up because the, th- the thing is you're smarter when you're older yeah like right? you learn faster you'd be surprised like some adults who have not tapped before or have not had much tap how much they can learn just in a semester because they're a little bit smarter yeah then when they were kids you know i have a an adult student in ballet who's like i've learned more this year than i had like through her whole training and i'm like it's probably because you're smarter now it probably yeah. does not necessarily me like i'm not going to take credit for that I mean, I think I do a good job, but, like, I really do think there's something about being older. You're able to yeah. be calmer. You're able to, like, take in information. You're less stressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's, like, a really good example as far as tap goes is, like, when I have a tap one class, it probably takes me, like, an entire semester, at least a month, anywhere from a month to a semester, uh-huh. depending on the class, to, like, teach the difference between flap and shuffle. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And, like, shuffle, so shuffle lands in the, like strikes the ground and comes back into the air and then flap strikes the ground and comes back onto the ground Mm -hmm. and like teaching the difference between those two for kids for like little kids it takes so long because they're like i'm doing that with my feet and you're like no you're not not. you literally are not doing it (laughs) but like adults can come in and in one class you know the difference between a flap and a shuffle oh yeah in like five minutes yeah (laughs) they can do i mean it's like not even not even close and you know the thing is too like if you're a let's say you're a high schooler or a middle schooler and you have someone in your class does ktv and you're like oh i'm interested but i haven't been done dance ever we are going into the summer we are going to hopefully be having some workshops and things we can definitely get you integrated in and we would love to have more tappers like right now we can have as many tappers as we can handle you know what i mean like we would just love to just blow blow that program up Right, so if you've yeah. seen, what was that movie that came out this past? Oh, Spirited. Spirited or... with uh, Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds, and you <laughs> see all the awesome tap. They had like so much awesome tap dance. Yeah, so there's a uh, Chloe and Maude Arnold that are mm-hmm. like they're like famous tappers. They have like their own brand of tap shoes. They choreograph for a lot of like Hollywood stuff. Mm-hmm. They were in it and they choreographed all the tap, and it was so cool. So cool. Uh, if you haven't seen that this this holiday season, I definitely recommend Spirited. Uh, yeah, and my family and I watch that, and you know, we're like a, a pseudo artsy family. We kind of all <laughs> all do a little bit, and we were just like, "Oh man, that was really great! Like good singing, and it was funny, and the dancing was was awesome." And, and yeah, uh, I just I I love I don't know. I'm a nerd. I love tap dance, <laughs> and I think mm-hmm. I think part of the reason I love it too. It's like it's such a 
it's a, it's so tied into like American history specifically. Yes. I'm a huge history buff, especially when it comes to American history, probably because I'm my mother's child. Yes. <laughs> but um, it is like it as an art form, it has like developed. It's kind of like jazz music. It's mm-hmm. developed with America and like mm-hmm. has influences. Like we have the West African influence mm-hmm. from the plantations from slaves who like that's how they communicated. And then you have the Irish influence because. Mm-hmm. We had step dancing. Yeah, you had yeah. these and the immigrants from poor Irish mm-hmm. immigrants and former slaves living in the same neighborhoods, mm-hmm. and they were like, "We both dance with our feet. Let's dance together Let's with our together. feet." And then you have like the um, now as we mature as a country, like mm-hmm. tap is starting to have like more like Latin influences, mm-hmm. Brazilian influences, like all kinds of different influences kind of coming into this art form, and it's kind of like the ultimate melting pot of dancing. Mm-hmm. Is what yeah, I would call no, it. Yeah, no, totally. Like you had mentioned before, uh, the like street tap. Yeah. Right, and it, we you have the same thing where hip hop, right, is fundamentally American. Yeah. Is created in New York City by like lower class people who are like trying to express themselves. Yeah. Right, exactly. and then tap has a similar origins, and there's like definitely that insertion point where you have this. There's, like you said, the Broadway tap that's very, like, up on the toes versus the street tap. And that's my favorite thing about teaching tap is getting to to marry those two things together and be able to teach the history of it and say, like, this is not something, like, I'm not just making this up. This isn't, you know, born from nowhere. Like, there's this really rich cultural personal history to it, right? That was one of the really cool things. Like, obviously, COVID was a huge bummer as far as, like, we didn't get to perform a lot and... And, um, but because we weren't necessarily preparing for a performance, like I really got to like dive into tap history with my Mm. kids. So now I have those like two classes of kids who like solidly understand like where tap comes from and like how it was kind of built Mm. and like the nature of the dance form. And they appreciate it so fun, so much. Like you can ask any one of them, like, Hey, how did tap form? And they will like spew sense like (laughs) paragraphs about, about it. So that, that part is really cool. Um, I, I try to still, like, delve in, you know, when we're preparing for performances, I try to still delve into to history, but, like, mm-hmm. that that period of time gave me the opportunity. Like, we could spend 20 minutes a class talking about the tap history if we wanted to because yeah. it was, like... We, it was not preparing Yeah, we something. weren't, like, pressured to prepare for, right. for something. And, I mean, I obviously I much prefer the way we have now because I love preparing yes, for performances and so do the kids. But what a great opportunity. It was a really cool opportunity. Yeah, a way to take advantage of the situation. You could have just been like, oh, whatever, let's not do that. And then that's such a good way to kind of still give them education in a way, like in another way to like to round it out. So to round out our little <laughs> conversation here, we kind of, we literally touched on, I think, everything that we could. Uh, be nice to your... Alaska Airlines <laughs> friends, uh, be you know say thank you to a volunteer fire fighter, right or EMT, and uh, check out music the Allstate Music Festival happening. It's this weekend. Yes, and I think um, I think the auditorium is for pretty full of kids. But um, if you're interested in any of those performances, um, Felix has a live stream going of the performances. So like if yes. you want to check out any of the music fest concerts they have their jazz concerts at 10 30 in the morning and the evening concerts i believe start at 6 p.m yes. so you can it's on youtube i don't know exactly how to access it but i stumbled across it yesterday so it can't be that hard <laughs> can't be that hard google facebook 
check out Ask Around Town. And yeah, you can definitely go to the evening concerts. Um, I think tickets are on the school district website, maybe. Or I'm sure you could probably call over there and find out. Um, and then also, you can see Kim's classes, <laughs> choreography uh, for her tap classes in Spring Gala, which is May 12th and 13th up at K High. Yes, we're very excited. Yes, definitely. Well, Kim, thank you so much for thank joining you. me today. It was fun. And uh, thank you all for tuning in to First City Forum here on KTKN and KetchikanRadio.com. Have an awesome weekend. Check out the Allstate Music Festival and also the monthly grind tomorrow and i'll be back on tuesday back to some music take care everyone